So this month we're talking about unity. You know, the thing I, I guess that's important about the science of mind is that really every Sunday talk that you would do is about unity. Do you know what I mean? And, and in some ways we're so used to thinking about ourselves as being connected, as being part of that universal mind, right? We talk about our individual mind, our individual concerns always as being something larger. And so from that perspective, every single talk that anyone's ever done on this platform has been about unity. I'm going to take something... I hope and make it more real today. And I'm going to start by talking about the connectedness between people. And, and of course, I managed to find a fun joke about the connectedness of people. So we'll give that a shot first. So after many years of hard work, an ambitious young man in the high-tech industry books a Caribbean cruise. He has the time of his life until the boat sinks. He ends up on a deserted island. Months later, the man looks out to sea and much to his amazement, he sees a beautiful woman rowing to shore. He asks her, well, where did you come from? Oh, I was shipwrecked some time ago, she says. I've been stranded on the other side of the island. It's nice to meet you. Well, where did you get the rowboat? I made it out of gum trees and palm branches, she replies. But you had no tools. Oh, I used volcanic rocks to whittle the wood and eucalyptus jelly as glue. No problem. Well, the man is amazed, and as the woman takes him to the other side of the island, she leads him into an elaborate bungalow with ceiling fans and furniture, and it's like she's made everything. They sit down at the table that she's made, and she smiles at him. Now tell me, she says, looking deep into his eyes, is there something that you've been desiring, something that's been really missing this month? You know. Well, he smiles. He says, oh, yes. You mean I can check my email here? <laughs> and so my thought is that, you know, the very connectedness with which we are alive within the world, you know, all of our cell phones and pagers and text messages, it's like, yes, it's a wonderful, it's a cool, it's an outrageous thing that we have here. And at what level of connection are we really? I think that for many of us, as families have dispersed and, and people have physically grown apart, things like the cell phone, things like text messaging and emails really do help us keep close together. And yet, and yet, are we ever really separate? Who here is a big movie buff? Who would say here um, that you're a movie buff? So we have, yeah, we have a few people. Have you ever played the six degrees of character association before? Do you know the funny game? Sometimes Some people also call it the Kevin Bacon game because if you actually know the movies that Kevin Bacon have been, it, it's an easy way to do it. Well, let me give you an example. The way the game works is someone will throw out two actors' names, and, and for my example here, I'm using Gina Davis and Michael Douglas. Now, probably, I don't know, maybe someone here even knows a single movie that they've been in, but the way the game works is you connect the actors with movies until you can get a clear chain. So for my example, Gina Davis was in The Accidental Tourist with William Hurt. And William Hurt was in The Big Chill with Glenn Close. And Glenn Close was in Fatal Attraction with Michael Douglas. So there, with only like three associations, you can get from Gina Davis to Michael Douglas, okay? And, so, and people who are really good at this you know, like two movies later, you've connected any two people in Hollywood together. It's, it's like an amazing kind of fun game. But you know what? It doesn't stop with just the movies. Year before last, Facebook 
harnessed its several million users at that time to see how many separations there were between the average people on the planet. And so the way they did it, it was voluntary. Don't worry, they weren't mining your Facebook friends without your, your knowledge. It actually like, came up on a post for a, a series of months. You know, if you'd like to participate in this game, just check this box and you know, we'll share your friends and figure out how people are related. Well, the outstanding results of this, I just think it's amazing, is everyone, the, the, I think it was 3.5 million people that participated in this, there was no separation between friends greater than five. It, it, was, it was like five, the average was like 5.6. Now what this tells me is that people you have never met on the planet are friends of your friends' friends. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's not just that we're connection in some, you know, metaphysical guga in the air, right? We actually know the people who know the people who know the people who know everyone. <laughs> we do. We do. And, and I think what this said to me, I, I mean, you know, in some of these games where we talk about connection and we're all connected in God and, you know, I, I mean, a lot of those are kind of... Uh, well, they're kind of mind games. And I think what this brought home to me was that person that I've never met that's in the Safeway line next to me that's having a really bad day could well be the best friend of my best friend. It's like the person even on the other side of the planet that I've never met that maybe doesn't even speak the same language I do. But still, I could easily have a friend that has a friend that came from that country who's best friends with that person. Literally, no one on the planet is a stranger but for the fact that we haven't met them yet. And I also think that this uh, particular study is interesting because we would suggest, wouldn't we, that our best friend is pretty good at choosing friends? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, think about that one for a minute. But, but our best friend at least chose one pretty good friend, probably. And so I don't think it's too much of a leap, uh, a leap here to assume that really everyone on the planet we could be friends with. I mean, there certainly are people who do things we don't approve of. There are certainly people on the planet, some of them in the, you know, high levels of politics even, that we kind of look at and go, what's with that? But still... On a heart-to-heart -heart level, on a connection level, I'm really beginning to think that everyone on this planet could share a kind of friendship together. If we put aside you know, some of our bugaboos, if we, we put aside some of the things where we choose to say it's right instead of, well, it's my opinion. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I actually believe that all of us could probably be friends except for this little bit of ignorance. And the little bit of ignorance is we, we simply don't know them. We simply don't know them. And I think the thing that perhaps get in the way of this planet really enjoying the renaissance we would like to have, the, the one thing that gets in the way of this planet coexisting in great peace and probably in great comfort and luxury is ignorance. It's nothing more than that. It's nothing more than just assuming that because people we don't know are, are vastly different from us. Thinking that there is a group of people out there that can't be my friend for whatever reason. Just, just making assumptions 
that are unfounded. Let me use just a couple examples for you. So I mentioned earlier about email and cell phones, and what if I told you, and unfortunately this is true, what if I told you that America and Japan, primarily our insatiable appetite for handheld gizmos, had the Congo at war for 11 years? There's a, 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 little bit, a, a little bit of a transistor and transducers that go in most cell phones and handheld devices that are made of this substance called, um, um, uh, where is it? Uh, coltan. I mean, it's, it wasn't even a substance I had particularly heard of, but it comes mostly from Africa, mostly from the Congo, and they had an 11-year war different warlords and factions fighting over the place where this was dug up. And the world cheerfully stood by as a witness as we bought our cell phones while thousands of women were raped. As it so happens, the tradition when one tribe of people takes over an area of another, the first thing you would do is rape all the women. It was a centuries-long um, you, you know, you, you, you've heard the term, well, the Mongols did the rape and pillage. That was exactly what went on in the Congo only 15 years ago to feed our need for cell phones. Now, I'm, I know you're sitting there in horror now, as you should be, but the good news is, you know, this was settled about five years ago for the most part, and we didn't know about it. Literally, we were in a place of ignorance. But not everybody was. Trust me, the people buying that material knew what was going on. We can no longer afford to live in isolation. We as a human species, as this set of friends connected to friends to connecting to friends, can no longer afford to be in a place of ignorance where that can go on. And I suppose even perhaps more famous is the story of the blood diamonds. Have you heard that? Where again, for, for like a, uh, I think about a 12-year period in, um, in uh, Liberia, the Ivory Coast, Angola, Sierra Leone, uh, all of the diamonds mined there, people were literally in slavery digging up the most expensive thing on the planet. Now think about this. I mean, right from the get-go, it's like, my gosh, if you're mining diamonds, you should be rich. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you're mining the thing that is worth the most on the planet, at least in terms of jewelry and, and even for industrial uses. And yet, through our own ignorance of what's going on, you know, we're buying jewelry, and the people literally who are mining that material are kept in slavery. And when they became too weak to perform their job duties, most of them were just killed, and new people would be brought in because that was much cheaper than trying to heal them. We as a planet need to become aware of these things sooner. You know, this is another thing that, that, that's no longer an issue in the world, but I wonder what else is going on out there. We need to be able to be well-informed. We need to be good consumers. We need to be up on things because it isn't just strangers in some country that we're never going to meet. They are our friends' friends. They are as closely connected to you and I as our own children in everything but proximity. 
And so when we buy things, when we consume things, even when we discard things, we need to be aware of our impact on the world. Because it isn't just us. It isn't just us and our individual families. In fact, in fact, I want to suggest that one kind of bad thing about modern society and all of our gizmos and, and all of our focus uh, you know, on electronics is uh, when I was a kid, people would play in the neighborhood. Do you know what I mean? And, and you knew who your neighbors were and you knew who your neighbor's kids were. And, and you actually, as a neighbor parent, actually had some authority to you know, to be in the face of neighbor kids that were behaving. And, and it was because we all knew and trusted and liked each other. Most kids today are just on the internet in video games and books, and they're in the house. And most of us don't even know who our neighbors are anymore. I don't know that this is a, a fault of technology per se, but I do want to suggest it's time for a renaissance of really getting to know people again, really internalizing this idea of connectedness. It's not just in our head. It can be part of our heart. And the other thing I know about connectedness is that we are connected in a way that is so powerful through our own abilities to bring light and love into the world. For those of you who were at the talent show last night, you know, the talent was great, Absolutely. And what shone more than the talent were the faces in the room. Uh, as an example, uh, um, our music director, who, who, uh, who was putting, really, you know, was responsible for most of the evening, Linda Rossi, she was lit up like a Christmas tree last night. It was one of the most beautiful things to see on the planet. And you know what? I got to take advantage of that. She was doing the lighting, and I was basking in it. When you are a place of love and light and joy, it's not just benefiting you. In fact, that might be the minor effect of it. Think of the people around you. Think of friends and family, people you haven't met. You, when you are lit up with joy and love and, and, and doing what you want to do, and, and, and even, if it, even if it might be a little difficult for you, right? There are always times in our lives when we get out of bed. What, how do they say? We get on the bed on the wrong side, right? You know, we're not feeling like we'd like to be feeling things are a little funky in, in our world. It's like sometimes it may be a bit of a struggle to put on that happy face, and yet, I know within each one of us is the ability to bring up in us a sense of love and life. Even if things aren't working quite the way we want them to, we can remember times when it did, and we can look forward to times when it will, and we know that there is a power in us to achieve whatever we want to, and therefore we can flip that switch. And it's not even a fib, right? If you've been having a bad day, to suddenly decide... I'm going to choose to do something different right now. You know, it's like, let's the bad day go by. It's, it's like, I've, you know, that's held on to my emotions long enough for today. And I'm going to choose that the rest of the day is going to be about love and life. And I'm going to be that light bulb in the world. I'm going to be the Linda Rossi on talent show night and simply illuminate the world because I can and because I choose to and because I deserve it. And so does everyone else around me. 
This is the power that we have. This is in, not inconsequential. There maybe used to be a time, I mean, maybe if you go back a couple hundred years ago, maybe most Americans were living out in, in a rural setting where they grew most of their own food and they lived their own quiet lives. And maybe, maybe, and I'm not even sure that this is true, maybe at that point you could say, whether I live or die, I don't have much effect on the world. That is simply not true anymore. You have, each one of you has a profound effect on the people and the lives around you. And some of them are people you have never met. I was looking online not too long ago uh, about a, a, a slightly less pleasant subject, and that being garbage removal. So for those of you who are in Portland, you know they're changing our recycling schedules, and some of the things that used to be garbage are now compost, and some of the things that used to be compost are now recycling. And, and I'm like, ah, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, because I'm actually a good recycler, and I, I want to do the right thing. So I was doing a little research. Guess how much the average American produces of garbage in a lifetime it's tons it's tons and do you know where it goes see you don't hardly any of us knows where it goes you know all of that stuff that we consume comes in other stuff wrapped up in it and and then sometimes then inside a box and then inside wrapping paper encased in styrofoam and locked into polystyrene do you know what i mean and you know inside it we're getting a grape and and you know and it came in a box like that well the trouble with that is in most of the country all of that gets put on a barge and it goes somewhere. Now this is alarming to me. Um, a friend in the first service reminded me actually of a of a um, uh, what do they call it? One of the a documentary movie where they actually followed someone who had taken an old computer and and put it out for quote recycling. And so a, a film crew actually followed this, and at first it went to uh, a central area in the town, and then it went to some place in Tacoma, Washington, and then it went on a barge to China. You have no idea where the stuff goes when you're done with it. And I got to tell you, the people in China are not enjoying... I mean, I mean, do you know what I mean? I mean, in China, they think it's a big country for a few hundred thousand dollars. Sure, we'll take a load of, of your old computers, and, and it's no big deal. But the trouble is, it will be. This is all of our planet. And it is not appropriate to poison one part of the world just so that another part of the world can live in, in, in relative joy and, uh, and, uh, and nature. We need to be aware of how global, how connected, how completely each person stands next to each other, hopefully in harmony. We can no longer afford to just take the cheapest product we can find. Those of you who are probably also familiar with the idea of... Uh, of fair trade products. The idea behind that being is the person producing that or growing that or bringing it to you isn't living in slavery. You know, they have the ability to earn enough money for their own families. And so I've been lately doing research in my own life of, you know, these cheap deals that I get, are they cheap to me 
Because literally, there's a family in slavery somewhere in the world in order to pick the coffee well below at any kind of minimum wage or, or to uh, be able to process the, the cotton literally in a sweatshop with children. These things are important because they are us. There's no difference. Whether you want to use uh, Facebook as your proof of the idea of friends of friends of friends, or if you just want to listen to your own heart, we are connected in such a way now that we can no longer afford to be ignorant. We need to use our wits. We need to use our heart. We need to make buying decisions. We need to make lifestyle decisions knowing that what we do, that every choice we make affects everyone. That every smile that we turn on affects everyone. That every extended hand in love and peace and joy affects everything. That, that every word that we write is potentially read by everyone. That every sentiment that we express is available to everyone. In our universe of connection, we are never alone. And that, that has a responsibility to it. The good news is we can always be in easy connection now with the people we love. And the responsibility is we need to know how we show up in the world through our choices, through that which we consume, that which we discard. It truly affects everyone on this global planet. I'd like to close today with a quote from Ernest Holmes and just the tiniest bit of homework. And I'll do the homework first. First of all, let us research our purchases, especially either big ticket purchases or purchases that we make frequently and routinely, let's take a look at them and make sure that it's a sustainable purchase and let's make sure that it's done at fair trade. Because what I know about this group of people, maybe more than anyone else on the planet, is no one in this room wants to receive something based on some form of slavery or subjugation. I just know that about you. I mean, we, we could raise our hand, but I know everyone would. And one of the ways you can make sure that doesn't happen is by checking how things come to you. The second thing that I'd like you to do by way of homework, and isn't this weird? Usually our homework is about prayers and, 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 and metaphysical things. And today I'm going to take a very physical process because I think that it illustrates how the metaphysics work. You know, if we want to understand why we're at war in the world... If we want to understand why there are so many economic troubles in the world, we can't just leave it in our head. We have to take action as well. So the second bit of homework is simply those things that you use up the most frequently, those things that cannot be recycled, do a little research on where they go and see if you have choices. Um, uh, one that was an easy one for me that I figured out just the other day, you know, we switched over at my house to using the compact fluorescent uh, light bulbs. Two issues with it. One, when they burn out, there's mercury in them. So I found a couple great places in town that will recycle that. So, you know, it can't go in, with, unfortunately, with my curbside recycling, but several sources for receiving those. And the other thing was, have you noticed when they come in the two packs at Fred Meyer, it's like, what is this? There's more... There's more material that isn't about the light bulbs than there is about the light bulbs. They come in this polystyrene thing that you, you need you know, C4 explosive to get into, and, and it's totally not recyclable. I went to one of the Home Depot kind of places. You can get what they call a contractor pack of light bulbs. They're cheaper, 
And they come just in, in the old corrugated cardboard, just like light bulbs did years ago, right? Now, one might say, well, okay, well, that wasn't very convenient. Maybe that's true. But what I know is, what I know is, I'm not using up the planet as much. So that's your homework for the week. I'm going to close with a great quote from Ernest Holmes, uh, the founder of Science of Mind. Back in 1934, he wrote this great book called Can We Talk to God? And here is one of the concluding, uh, concluding statements in that book. He says, I believe in the brotherhood of humanity, the exaltedness of God, and a unity of being all together in one perfect whole. I believe the spirit is in the wind and the wave. It's manifest its presence through all of nature, but most completely through our own minds and in our own hearts, it proclaims our livingness and our lovingness. So let us pray. There is one power and one presence in this universe. It, it connects us all because it is us all. It is that thing called God. And what I know about this in my own life is that I am connected with every person that I encounter and just as connected with everyone, whether I've even met them or not. It is the nature of my life to be entwined with the eternal, with every person, with every place, with everything. It is in me and as me to be connected in that level. And as it is true for me, I know it is true for each person in this room that there is a willingness to see beyond just our own separateness in the world and to recognize the unity that we all share. That truly, even the people that have not been met by us yet, there is a connectedness, a, a sense of a friend of a friend of a friend. And so even as friends are kind and good to one another, I know that each person in this room has a willingness to do a little bit more research on, on where the things come in their life and where the things go from their life, knowing that they are a good citizen, knowing that even as they promote their own well-being, that they are doing it for countless other people as well. Finally, I know that there's a willingness in this room for each person to be that light, to be that bulb of joyness, that, that loving heart, that, that which is so infectious, uh, bringing about in ourselves and others that sense of love and life always. And so I am grateful for this knowledge. I'm grateful in my awareness of the connectedness of us all. And so in great love, I release this prayer. I just let it be. And together we say... And so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you.